You're listening to the Quince podcast. New Delhi rolled out the red carpet on 6 December for Russian President Vladimir Putin. And if you're asking why we are talking about a visit that lasted just a few hours, it's because of the symbolism attached to it. The first is that the Russian president has been very cautious about going abroad during the pandemic. And this is the only second time he has ventured out. The only other time was for a meeting with US President Biden. Preceding the Modi-Putin meeting were also high-level dialogues between the two countries' defense and external affairs ministries. According to a statement by the government, 28 agreements were signed which include a 10-year cooperation defense agreement, a new consular office in the city of Vladivostok and the final go-ahead on the much-awaited 7400 missile system. But there is a larger picture behind these meetings and that's the growing influence of China in the region. Over the past year, we have seen several 2 plus 2 dialogues with the US, Japan and Australia, all of which are Quad members. However, a dialogue with Russia a long-time friend and economic partner of China, may cast a worrying shadow over the ties between the two countries. So, in today's episode, we will discuss the relationship between the long-time allies India and Russia and what came out of the recent meeting. For this, we spoke to Harshvi Pant, Director of Studies and Head of Strategic Studies Program at the Observer Research Foundation, Dr. Dara Kharta, a distinguished fellow at the Institute of Peace and Conflict Studies, and Aditi Bhaduri, a columnist specializing in Eurasian geopolitics. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. In his bilateral meeting with Prime Minister Narendra Modi, President Putin called India a quote-unquote great power and a friendly country. And the India-Russia relation is one of the few bilateral ties in the world which have withstood the test of time. However, the relations have only remained intact due to the strategic legacy that the countries hold. The two leaders were scheduled to meet in 2020, but it was postponed due to the pandemic. But even then, they reportedly have had six telephone calls over the past year. For India, Russia has always been its go-to port of call when the question of defence spending arises. An article on the Quint points out that India's trade with Russia accounts for nearly 23% of the latter's exports. However, this figure has reduced by 33% over the past few years due to India's growing ties with the US. You can find a link to that article in our show notes. Now, even though they are long-time allies, the relationship has changed over the past two decades, with India moving closer to the United States and Russia to China. And when you look at trade with Russia as well, according to an ORF report, it only hovers around the $10 billion mark, which is way below the potential that exists between the two countries. But if this mutual lack of trust does exist between the two countries, why have the chess pieces moved now? Is it largely to strengthen a historical relationship or does it point to a growing geopolitical threat east of the border? According to Harshvi Pant, the head of Strategic Studies Program at ORF, the 2 plus 2 dialogues and framework gives out a strong signal to China to dispel any notion that Russia is not a junior partner at the table. He adds that Russia also sees India as a country that can stand on its own, especially when it comes to fielding of attacks from the West or the East. Uh, You know, yes, I think to a certain extent, uh, you know, this this was a message that both sides, both India and Russia, perhaps uh, 
wanted to send out to uh, to, to other countries and China also and that uh, for all the for all the talk of uh, divergences and turbulence in the relationship the relationship actually uh, continues to grow and, the, and both countries are willing to invest in the relationship so i think the two plus two dialogue the framework um, with the quad countries plus russia now uh, that india is, uh, has entered into uh, is a strong indication in that regard and perhaps it would raise some issues uh, for china but i think mm-hmm. the uh, the china russia equation is slightly uh, different because there Uh, china uh, is in such a dominating position mm-hmm. that uh, you know that uh, a lot of the times you see russia following china and the reason why you see this investment in india is because i think russia also wants to dispel this notion that it is a merely a junior partner to china mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so therefore i think the messaging from india and from russia Uh, will be uh, would would have with this, with this platform to china is is is, is quite an interesting and important uh, and uh, but i don't think china would be rattled as such but i think uh, certainly there will be questions asked in china about uh, uh, about russia but frankly i you know russia uh, china knows the long standing ties that russia has had with india Uh, and that is independent minded that is not going to blindly follow other countries when it comes to uh, strategic decision making so i think uh, for russia it is important of course that are russia for russia it is also important uh, because india is such a big market for its defense requirements keep it at good level but i think largely russia views india favorably in the global uh, uh, international uh, political matrix because it, there there is a sense of convergence on a lot of issues and uh, 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 india has been sensitive to russia's core concerns it has always been a uh, warning the west not to intrude into those spaces which russia considers so um, and, uh, uh, and and the result uh, has been that uh, a bit of an overreaching on the part of the west has made russia an adversary an adversary which ha- which is now tying together with china so you have potentially two adversaries formidable adversaries coming together it's exactly the opposite of the kind of uh, strategic thinking that you saw during the cold war in, in america mm-hmm. right when uh, henry kissinger broke uh, this uh, uh, broke the chinese from the so, uh, from the communist camp and mm-hmm. brought them into the american camp uh, uh, so, so the balance of power changed dramatically in america's favor but now with uh, with the west taking on both china and russia at the same time uh the the balance of power is becoming very difficult to sustain because you have two uh, major powers like china and russia mm-hmm. working together and their relationship is strengthening and that is something that is a worry to india india has been constantly pointing that out um, but for russia of course uh, india is an independent minded country india is a very important defense partner and india is a country that has often stood up to the west when it comes to questions around uh, you know s400 uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to questions on ukraine where uh, where uh, india has been support of russian arguments uh, so on a, on a number of issues uh, india has been um, on, on i think most issues of, of sensitive uh, sensitivity to russia india has been uh, acknowledging those sensitivities and mm. similarly russia has been um, reciprocating that gesture we did this question to adiri baduri as well a columnist specializing in eurasian geopolitics and she asked that russia's veto power at the united nations security council is attractive to india since it has been demanding a permanent seat at the table for years now but has always been denied by the us's veto a close relationship with russia may change that equation the second side is that definitely russia you know russia today uh, 
like the Soviet Union, its forbearer, has the veto of power in the UNSC. Mm. <clears throat> so India needs this, you know. And as we have seen uh, earlier in the NSG, uh, in, in, in the case of, you know, the nuclear supplies group, that um, just having, um, you know, America on your side did not help. It was not like earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so say like, you know, you would need now who has leverage over China, because it was China who refused that. Uh, just Russia, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, you knew, do need because that is again um, something that India does not have. No matter, you know, it's growing cloud and mm-hmm. um, economic cloud, and you know, elsewhere in, in other things. So yeah. that is another reason why Russia is very important for India. Coming to the two plus two dialogues now, the two sides signed twenty eight agreements, which are largely divided into defense and commercial agreements. A few highlights from the list of agreements is the rupees 5,000 crore contract for manufacturing nearly 600,000 AK-203 or Kalashnikov rifles. Apart from the guns, the two countries also signed an agreement for sharing military technology cooperation for the next decade, that is till 2031. However, Dr. Tara Kharta, a distinguished fellow at the Institute of Peace and Conflict Studies, points out that the bilateral summit did not have the same pomp as these talks usually have. And for Russia, it was mostly to assert its viewpoint on the growing US-India ties. In Asia as a whole, Russia is still a power to contend with. I mean, it is not someone you can just write off. It is the second largest uh, exporter in arms. It's the largest one of the oil and gas producer. It's it's a very good old friend whom we've had uh, very good relations for years and whom I think in recent years we tend to take a little for granted. But it is a non-threatening power. It is one of the few which does not impinge on our interests. I mean, everybody else does, right? Even the US to an extent has issues. I mean, their presence, for example, in the Indian Ocean is a bit of a challenge to an area which we've traditionally regarded as our own backyard. So I'm just saying it's one of those things. But Russia, has, we've got no problem with Russia. So that's why this particular summit especially since the last one was cancelled. This summit was important. It is just that it was maybe a little bit disappointing because he were, I mean, uh, the President Putin just came and shook hands, had his meeting with the, with the PM and then flew back again. And it was none of the pomp and show and bonhomie that one normally sees in, in a summit. So I'm not sure why that was the case. And in the second thing is that there was really not much, I mean, Sergei Lavrov, the two plus two beginning is important. I mean, that we have the same format with as we have with the others. That is important. I'm assuming a lot of things was discussed. This was just the first meeting, so one wouldn't expect a great deal. But if you look at Lavrov's, uh, you know, his, um, uh, his uh, interview, he spent more time, you know, grumbling about AUKUS and gr- talking about the U.S. in Indian Ocean. The AUKUS, which he said is against the Non-Proliferation Treaty, you know, so that is their biggest grouse. So if you look at the issues which are dividing us at the moment, it is the India's, you know, in, in involvement within the Quad and the AUKUS, which we've got nothing to do with. But they see it as an extension of Quad, which it is not. I mean, Quad is strictly, as far as we know, is non-military. We have exercises, but we have exercises with them. And you know, what what a lot of people don't understand is that we've had exercises with Russia for decades. You know, it's something which we've had for years. 
the us all this is nothing our present exercises with the us has nothing to do with the quad so uh, to an extent russia is using this platform to make its point about about the whole indian ocean thing rather than as a bilateral aspect the one agreement which stuck out in the crowd was s400 defense missile system agreement which has been on india's wish list for many years now and you may have heard about this missile system every time you hear or read about us india or india russia relations so why is this missile system such a big deal um so if you play a lot of call of duty like i do you may be familiar with the bizarre fictional defense systems that are used in the game to combat enemies the s400 is basically a closed non fictional counterpart and cost a whopping 5.5 billion dollars it is considered one of the most advanced and potent air defense systems in the world capable of protecting almost against any aerial attacks whether it be drones missiles rockets or even fighter jets it also has the added benefit of being a long range surface to air missile covering an area of as far as 250 kilometers and even scanning targets 600 kilometers away but the us has been the party pooper in this deal since it wants india to wean off its long time defense reliance on russia the us congress has also been very clear that india will face sanctions under catsa or the countering america's adversaries through sanctions act this looming threat of sanctions has remained unresolved since the deal was signed in 2018 however india has decided to go forward with the agreement despite the threat of sanctions and the us made no statements regarding the agreement or expressed any displeasure as well so what changed According to Mr Pant the pushback against Russia and the US has largely been from the domestic politicians and not so much from the west wing he adds that finalizing of the agreement also signals India's ability to convince the US of the need to purchase those missiles see uh, Russia uh, in the US uh, has you know unfortunately become uh, a domestic political issue Mm-hmm. especially after mr trump uh, you know this this sense in the democrats of, of russia's russia playing a role in in trump's election though there is hardly any evidence to that effect uh, but there is a sense that russia uh, you know uh, is seen by certain sections in the american uh, political community uh, as a domestic political problem which has been clouding a strategic assessment of how russia should be dealt with there are some very senior very senior voices some very sane voices in in america who have often said uh, often underscored the reality that you know you really cannot take on russia and china together mm-hmm. that this is you know that uh, that uh, you need to break the relationship in some way if 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 you can i mean it's not clear that you can do at this juncture but that, that's uh, you know uh, in the past it, it, it perhaps it was possible but by constantly targeting both this uh, alliance between Russia and China has been created which is actually an artificial uh, alliance because the differences between them are quite significant mm-hmm. now but because russia has you know has become this domestic political issue uh, you know certain um, members of the us congress want to show to russia how how they can make it difficult for russia they have targeted russia so also this catsa sanction for example emerged in that context um, and and i think by a uh, not targeting india on that although they are targeted other countries like turkey has been targeted yeah. right so uh, but india has not been targeted i think it, it speaks more about india us relationship than anything else okay. uh, india has been able to convince america that look it is important for us to have certain kinds of capabilities because india has to defend itself and uh, s400 is a good deal for india it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the 
most cutting edge technologies available uh, and india would like it in the context of the border crisis with with, uh, with china so india has i think ability to convince america so far uh is it has been interesting and india has been able to do that with some justification uh, and as uh, if you look at the at the uh, push back it has been you know uh, it has largely been at the legislative level at the congressional level mm-hmm. at the executive level actually no one has talked about even during trump um and biden and then biden the executive really never talked about the us executive uh, never really talked about this issue it was a congressional mm-hmm. mandate mm-hmm. so therefore a lot of the questions were being asked in the us congress and at one point it was very seen as a uh, as a looming challenge now we still don't know uh, whether you know how how this would go but my own sense is given their own internal challenges that america is facing at the moment this is not really a top priority mm-hmm. uh, however uh, this certainly speaks volumes about uh, you know a new understanding that is developing between india and the us uh, there there are some issues uh, us is now willing to look away uh, and and give india that space you know this is uh, and it uh, didn't also this happen uh, india was given a waiver on chabahar then india s 100 also india was not really targeted even under biden where we have seen a lot of uh, comments to the fact that perhaps biden would be you know because he is a democrat he would be more anxious to showcase and target india on s 400 we have from the executive we have not seen uh, any uh, major uh, declaration in fact there has been uh, some some um, senior uh, members of biden administration have um, asked the us congress to give india that space uh, that in, uh, in, in support of india's posture so i think it speaks about in the us relationship more than anything else Dr Karta adds that despite the threat of sanctions the S400 missile system is essential for India given the growing threats at both sides of the border we managed to at least fulfill one of the conditions of the catsac which is that any country which significantly reduces its dependence on russia in the defense sphere is possibly need not then there is a waiver clause there so we can come under that like i said because we've come our imports have come down by at least more than 30% actually you know from russia in terms of the defense area whether we are off sanctions or not we as yet don't really know but then the thing is i think indians have also made it very clear that we are not getting we are not moving away from the s400 because we have no other choice you know we don't have we cannot afford and not just afford and also in terms of technical specifications The S four hundreds are ideal for us. It covers the whole of Pakistan, for instance. You know, any aircraft which takes off in Pakistan, you will get to know, of course, depending where it's placed. So that has now that that has been made clear. There is a, a whole lot of congressmen who are asking the president not to sanction India because it is a valuable ally. That there's a larger fight ahead and all that. There are also a few, of course, saying the opposite, and you can expect that a bunch of them will be pushed by. our friends across the border to to voice their opposition like ilhan omar all that sort of persons will start saying things so that you can expect but i think it's it still it would be very foolish on the us's part to sanction us at this point because that will push us squarely into the arms of russia and possibly china i mean we have no other choice we are a player in a game which is being played on a stage where you are not the main actor you are just a subsidiary person and russia china and the us are the main sort of sense of the hero and heroine of this this play and we have just a supporting role so your role will be determined by what these people do 
So no, I don't, I, I doubt it, but one can never say. With the US, this is the problem with the defense relationship, that at any given time, a US congressman will stand up and say, sanction India, and then there's a great deal of noise and it completely spoils the relations. Second thing is this democracy summit, which has just taken place, which is I'm going to take place. The emphasis on democracy and human rights, which is what it's all about, and where we have been called a uh, backslider, you know, India, that is not among government circles, of course, that is in the, in the uh, civil society, but that's a, it's a very nasty thing to say about India, you know, and, you know, not, nothing about Pakistan, because no one expects anything on pa Pakistan, right? No one expects them to do anything. But, so those kind of troubles lie ahead, you know, where they will be calling out of names and things, which is, is in tangential, to the S-400 issue, but I do know from people I've spoken to that there is very, very strong opposition to this, mainly due to fears that the Russians will spy on US systems. That, and that's not altogether, Vashad, which is, I mean, I'm not a technical person, I don't know, but that is their fear that they will be, you know, in, in terms of production, in terms of operation together, in terms of interoperability, that this is a bar to interoperability. As a close ally of China, President Putin's visit to India does telegraph to the entire world that it has other friends around the region as well. What we are yet to see is of course how China may react to this. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, tune in to the Big Story podcast Monday to Friday where we break down and analyse the biggest headlines of the day. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website, and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.